Welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. I gotta, I gotta preach, I gotta preach, I gotta preach. All right. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> all right, all right. Amen. We're just warming up. Let's get into this sermon. Well, I wanna let y'all know um, how y'all doing this after- morning, afternoon? Y'all doing all right? Amen. Well, um, just a few things before we begin. Um, so we're at capacity at our first gathering. We're at capacity at our second gathering. Um, um, beyond capacity at this one, and then the third is growing. And so, of course, as you all know, we are, um, we're now um, we're seeking another facility, and we're going to get there, and um, we're working out all that that will be to um, get another facility. But in the meantime, we want to be good stewards. Somebody say good stewards. So um, you know we have given away money and done a bunch of stuff across the world, locally, nationally, internationally. And so in this season, um, although we still give 10% away of our annual budget, whatever our annual budget is, um, we give 10% of that away to specific ventures that have to do with missions and church planting. Um, um, But we're not planting in this season a church from our church because we want to replenish. Somebody say replenish. But then also, we need to strengthen what's here so that we can be faithful stewards of where God has sent us. And one of those things that we want to do in making Sunday morning a good experience for you as well is we want to make sure, wave at me people in the balcony up there. Why don't y'all just wave at me? Can y'all wave at me? Y'all mind waving at me? Wave at me people at this part of the body. You started waving before. I even, she's like, I know what you're about to say, Pastor. Um, but we, we need to get screens set up because they don't get, they actually don't get to see the words and get the same. And, um, and then at this service, sometimes we have overflow in the basement. They listened to audio last week, but we had to push people away so the fire marshal wouldn't shut us down. And so there was a, there was a, a group about 20 or so people or more uh, down in the basement listening to the message. So what we wanna be able to do is we have to upgrade. Somebody say upgrade. upgrade. So we have to get the electrical work done and all that done. That's gonna be around $22,000. So I'm asking you to give. I shouldn't have to put a thermometer up here. That's, that's, that's childhood international ministries. Um, we should be able to just say the need is there. Now that doesn't mean take away from your normal giving and give to this and say, look, I gave. No, we need the normal giving to keep going what we already do, but we need the extra giving to upgrade in a way that everybody can have an equal worship experience. And so we wanna do that. And so we don't ask for much, but we're gonna ask for it now in Jesus' name. Um, that you and, uh, and we're going to partner together and make sure that this happens. We'd like to get this done expeditiously, and we'll be letting you know how this is going. The way you can give is online um, is one of the main ways, and you can just designate it to that. Uh, Layla's going to make a tab for us online uh, about a building upgrade, not, bu- um, not building fund yet, because we don't want to do the building fund one. I want an extra tab for this that's separate from the building fund that's for our next building. All right? All right, well... 
Um, let's stand to our feet. Revelation 12, 1 through 12. Revelation 12, 1 through 12. Um, spiritual warfare series. Uh, I think this is number four, I think. Three? Three, okay, three. I'm pressing my way, huh? All right, on three. One, two, three, read. Amen. Look at somebody next to you say, neighbor, based on this text, this means war. Look at somebody else on the other side. He say, neighbor, I don't know whether or not you know what you're reading, but based on what I see, this means war. Amen. 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 Well, um, my, um, you keep standing. Y'all know what this is. Y'all better quit playing with me. Y'all don't want to pray to the Lord? What's wrong with y'all? Y'all should have been, y'all ain't got no home training. Come on now. Um, for the last few weeks, somebody has been asking me, can I pray before you preach? So I'm going to let him come and pray, do the sermon prayer for us today. Come on, son. Lord, our Father in heaven, the one that came to die on the cross for our sins, thank you, Lord, for coming to the earth. And I pray as we read the Bible together is that um, 
that we will have a great time in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. This means war. I have a mild addiction in my little bit of off time that I have to watch this um, YouTube channel called Active Self-Protection Lesson. And if you ever watch Active Self-Protection Lesson, I, I, I like this channel because he's giving you different ways to defend yourself with hands and with uh, 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 weaponry. It's, 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 it's an it's a, it's a interesting deal to watch, and I learned so much. And what he does is he takes, whether it's police footage or, or, or different um, footage from uh, crimes that happened that they showed on the news, and what he'll do is he'll show the scenario and then give you a breakdown of how you, if you're ever in that particular scenario, how you utilize his principles um, um, to, to, to be able to fight and, and defend yourself in particular situations. And one of my favorite types of, of the ones is when um, criminals get more than what they ask for. And, 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 and some, of, some of those ones, you know, they'll show, you know, um, somebody even riding up on a moped or something and people put their hands in the air or they come into the wrong shot and a, a sister come out with a sawed-off shotgun and start just blasting, you know. And I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, you know, y'all forgive me now, you know, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm just being honest. I don't like to see nobody get taken advantage of. Back in the day, we used to call it getting ganked. Um, and, so, and so, but I love the response. But one of the things that he always says in his active self-protection lessons is he's always say criminals and enemies usually are never prepared for resistance. He said because their desire is to come in without resistance and to do to you what they want, to take from you what they want, to steal from you what they want, but when you resist, it turns the tides on what they want to do to you. I wish I had some help right there. They know, they know that every now and then you got to learn how to resist the enemy and though that he will know how to flee from you. I don't know if I have anybody under the sound of my voice that, that, that you, you, you ready to get in your resistance stance. It also reminds me of when I was, when I was in um, about fifth grade, you know, I grew up in the hood, but I wasn't a thug dude. I wasn't into the thugging. You know, I used to like to shop, you know, and all of that type of stuff and play outside. You know, you know, when kids went outside, you know, we big wheels, well, but not at that point. I was bike riding, you know, ride, ride, ride my little Huffy, a 280ZX, you understand what I'm saying? And having a good time, you, you understand what I'm saying? And, and so um, at school, I, I would get bullied every now and then because I didn't like to fight. So I had this dude named Kelvin Mack. Sunday deliverance, hallelujah, hallelujah. And Kelvin, Kelvin, you know, he used to do, see, y'all may not know I'm talking about, in DC we used to call it smooching, when they just push smooching in the head. So he would, he would always smooch me, you know what I'm saying? You know, wasn't a kiss, it was a smooch, you know what I'm saying? And he would always do that, it, it, yeah, mug you. That, that was, that's what we called it that too, smooching mugs. And man, he pushed your head, so, so one day this dude named Dre say, hey man, I'm telling you, he may not be fighting you, but he got hands. You may want to leave E alone. But he kept smooching and mugging me. And, and I don't know, one day before school, because you had to line up outside back then. That's when teachers used to have a ruler beside them to beat your butt in school. 
See, that don't happen no more. They need to reinstitute some, some school whoopings. Some of the teachers like, I felt the Holy Ghost right there. Y'all said, hey, ba, 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 sata. Hey, God, I feel you. But back then, they also, because they knew it wasn't no shooting or no stabbing, you could, they let you fight a little bit. You know, you get your hand up and say, y'all get it over with. So, man, I don't know what happened. He smooshed me in line. I don't know if I had a hard time at home. I had a nightmare. But my eyes turned black like a shark. And I just, I got in southpaw stance. And I, I, and I knuckled up and I went, kidney, kidney, head, chest, jaw, eye, nose, ear. And then all of a sudden, all I knew is I was, I was stomping. <laughs> I enjoyed that a little too much. <laughs> but every now and then, you need to get tired of the enemy bullying you in your life. I wish I knew about 10 people under the sound of my voice that you've been getting bullied by the enemy lately in so many areas in your life and you're backed up against the wall but something inside of you is rising up in you where you're saying enough is enough devil i'm about to stand flat foot in jesus name and what i'm going to start doing is i'm going to start walling out and kicking at you and swinging at you why because i'm sick of what you're doing and some of y'all ain't sick enough yet but you'll get there one day so we come to revelation and we come to a passage that's one of the most misunderstood passages in the New Testament. Book of Revelation, contrary to popular belief, is not written to prove that Jesus is black. <laughs> if I hear one more person use Revelation 1 to say that Jesus was black, it didn't say his hair was wool, it said it was white like wool. Then it says that his skin was like, his ankles, not his face, was like burnished brass. Now, burnished brass in the furnace when heated up is orange, not white or black. So if you wanna use the imagery to say that Jesus had a color, he was orange, like Rennie's shirt. <laughs> even though he wasn't orange. But the book is about revealing him in different facets. And the first few chapters is about us getting to know some of his attributes that really John is communicating that Jesus is God. And as he began to do that and he began to use imagery that's only spoken of of Yahweh in Tanakh or Old Testament, it begins to shift to the churches and their responses to him. It goes from there to a heavenly scene, the first heavenly scene in the Bible of people in eternity. And then it begins going through the seal and trumpet judgments. As it gets um, through the last trumpet, which is the seventh trumpet judgment, it, uh, the Bible comes here and John begins to talk about in the midst of his heavenly vision what is going on and happening. And I got to tell you, I, I hope I can get through this without running down Diamond Street. Because if you know what Jesus has done for you based on this text, you would lose every bit of mind that God has given you and give him all the honor and the glory and the praise. Point one, point one of one and none other. 
If you're going to recognize that this means war number one, you must recognize that although Satan is defeated, we still have to fight him. Even though Satan is defeated, you still, we still have to fight him. Verse 1. It said a great sign appeared in heaven. Stop. It, it, John is already in heaven in a heavenly vision. Appearing next to him and the angel was a suspended animated TV vision. So while he's in a vision, he has a vision within a vision. So it opens up here, and the Bible says it was a great vision. In other words, it wasn't the size of the vision. It's about the depth of the vision. Well, what God gives him right here is the big idea of really uh, 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 um, the book of Revelation and the nature of what the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ accomplished. He says, uh, he said, the great sign appeared in heaven. A great sign, and it says, a woman clothed with the sun, the, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. This is interesting because when we talk about this reality, right here, it's talking about Mary. And, it, and, and what he sees is, and we'll see more in the text, that Mary, mother of Jesus, is pictured as... The sun, the moon, and the 12 stars. Now, this may not be anything to you, but if you recognize that this points back to Genesis chapter 37, when Joseph had his first dream. And in his dream, he dreamt, he dreamt this is actually his second dream. He dreamt that the sun and the moon and, and 11 people were bowing down to him. Now, what's interesting in this text is that 11 people are bowing down to him, but the 11th, the, the 12th person of the tribes of Israel isn't born yet. So when Jacob hears the vision from Joseph, he says, son, are we to bow down to you? Now, why would he say that? Because Jacob understood the imagery. He understood that he was the son, that Rachel was the moon and the sun was the seven stars, the 11 stars. Now, why is this important? Because now Revelation applies a bigger version of that to Mary. That Mary personifies the fulfillment of Joseph's vision. Now, Mary, it's talking about her being a fulfillment because she's the birth canal for God's kingdom. Oh, I'm by myself. Um, and, and, so, and so as we begin to look at this reality and see what happened, it says she was pregnant and cried out in labor and agony as she was about to give birth, the text says. Now, it gives us a picture of this woman about to give birth, which lets you know it's not talking about pre, listen, it's not talking about pre-Genesis 1 or pre-Genesis 3 here. It's talking about 2,000 years ago. So what's happening happened 2,000 years ago. Now on Patmos with John is, John is, all, he's the, he was one of the younger disciples. So this is probably in the 90s AD, way later or into the second century. And so he's being transported back to, one, to, to zero AD. Are you tracking with me? 
So he sees this vision and he sees Mary go into labor. But then all of a sudden, while he's looking at that video, the angel taps him on the shoulder and says, I got another video to show you. And then another vision shows up on the other side of him. Look at verse three. It says then another sign. I like the way he called it another sign. Because the first one was a great sign. This is just a sign. See, this, the first sign is about Jesus. This other sign is a little sign. It's about somebody else. And so, but it's a vision anyway. Look at what it says. Appeared in heaven and there was a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. These heads represent people. These uh, horns represent power. And listen, these crowns represent different kingdoms. So what we see here is when Jesus is being born, it causes a cataclysmic shift in the spirit realm. I'm by myself. In other words, what he does is he's giving you the behind the scenes of what was happening spiritually between Jesus Christ's birth, his death, his burial, resurrection, and ascension. And he's letting you know that what you, there was more going on in the spirit realm when Christ came than it did in the natural realm because the things that happened in the natural realm were a response to what happened in the spirit realm. How do I know that? Look at what the text says. It says there was a great fiery dragon having seven heads and ten horns and on his head was seven crowns. And at this point, it says its tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven. Now, most people apply this to Satan, his first fall, and then him taking stars with him. Well, he did take a third of the stars with him, um, but it didn't happen when you think it happened. <clears throat> because what's going on here is very, 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 very interesting. And so we'll see later when we come back to this, that there was a fall in Genesis 3, there was a fall in Genesis 6, and there was a fall in Psalm 82. So there were multiple angelic falls. And now there's another fall here in this text, which lets you know there was a fall in Genesis 3, there was a fall in Genesis 6, there was a, a fall in Psalm 82. <laughs> Y'all looking like a mug. Y'all like, what's going on, Pastor? And then, and, then, and then there was another fall. Well, really, this isn't a fall. This is a showdown. And I'm going to show you why in the text. And so it says that he swept away a third of the stars in heaven and hurled them to earth. And the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth. Why would he do that? That it might devour her child. So what did he do? He appointed Herod to try to kill Jesus. But Satan was at the birth of Christ. text he's waiting for Christ to come out so that he can devour him so what he did was he said oh no something new is about to happen and her birth of birthing him is going to change things that I don't really understand but angels are out singing why are they out singing for the birth of this one that I know is no longer up there anymore but he's in the stomach of a woman what is God up to and he's trying to figure out a way to thwart whatever God is doing because he even though the scriptures are there he doesn't understand everything about the scriptures and so he's trying to figure out 
how he can throw up something. Why? Because every time God wants to do something new, the enemy always wants to abort eternal mission. Okay, I'm by myself. In the Bible, you see, as soon as Adam and Eve, they weren't in the garden 10 minutes. And here come Satan. Genesis 6, the fall. Numbers, the children of Israel didn't get in the promised land because he incited them to not be satisfied with the Lord. That don't sound familiar to nobody's life. Judges, a generation got raised that didn't know God. David, on his throne as a king, got tempted to give up different things. Solomon, when he built the temple, was the wisest man on the earth, but became the most dumb man on the earth. And I think, and I believe that that had to do with spiritual warfare, not just sin, but both together. Daniel chapter 9, God was trying to answer Daniel's prayer, and the prince of Persia was fighting against Gabriel, and Michael had to come help him out. In other words, whenever God is trying to birth something in your life, whenever God's trying to do something in your life, when God is trying to bring a new thing into your life, when God is trying to birth something through the travail of your prayers and the working of his work in you, the enemy is standing there wanting to grab your baby in the birth canal. That's why whenever God wants to do something new in your life, you need to be in deep prayer. Oh man, I don't want it to get too real in here. <clears throat> but 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 if you get if you've been praying for something and God opened up a door, sleep with one eye open and one eye closed. Be, be, because the enemy is watching what God is bringing to pass in your life, and he wants to do anything he can to shortcut destiny on your life. And so some of the things that he likes to do is Satan will whip out your vices. Oh, we got quiet on that part. He'll place thoughts of failure in your mind. You, you ever been just as happy about God doing something? And then out of nowhere, I mean, you feeling good. People done had a congratulations party and you finna go to bed. You brushing your teeth, you flossing, if you do that. And, and all of a sudden, come, failure comes to your mind. That ain't you. That's the enemy knowing that God is doing a new thing in your life for the kingdom. And what he wants to do is he wants to toss some stuff in your mind, listen, to make you think that the Lord isn't at work in your life, that the Lord isn't doing stuff in your life. You're like, I just took a new position and I don't even feel like going. Why do I feel heavy? You gotta know that that's the enemy trying to discourage you. You get in a brand new relationship, you used to wild out in your old relationships, now you done found the right person and y'all start walking together and then the enemy will throw something in your mind about that. Then he'll throw a curveball by you all sleeping together. He will do whatever he can within his power to shortcut destiny on your life. Every, every time, every time I write a book, <laughs> that was my wife, y'all. Uh, something happens. I mean, I don't know what in, in the world. We're trying to plant the church. She gets cancer. When, when, when uh, 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 another book come out, she, she got another cancer. 
We go to here, we, she got a transplant. Every time somehow, and, and one of the things me and my wife know, we, we, we're not saying that everything is spiritual warfare, but we're saying that something, this ain't a coincidence. That as soon as we start making ways in our relationship and making ways in our ministry, something comes out of nowhere to short circuit the work of God in our lives. And I'm trying to tell you, believer, pay attention. Don't think the enemy likes you enough to just let you just birth stuff. He's not going to just let you get away with birthing stuff. If he didn't do it with Jesus, what do you think he's going to do with us? And so right here in this passage, right here in this passage, he's waiting for Jesus to be born. But what I love about this, uh, I'm trying not to speak in tongues. Uh, I'm serious. Uh, this part good, man. It's just, it's just good. Now, you may not know what's happening until I explain it, but when I explain it, you're going to know what's happening because of how powerful the happening is. Okay. All right. English, English, all right. All right. Mm. Verse five, she gives birth to a son, capital S, Jesus. A male who is going to rule. If he's gonna rule, then somebody's not going to. Because remember, he had 10 crowns on his head. So if Jesus rules, he loses his authority. Okay. And then it says, all the nations with a iron rod, her child was caught up to God. Stop right there. Now, right here is where it gets beautiful. Because it takes you from his birth to his death, to his burial, to his resurrection. And it goes to him getting caught up with God. So Jesus returns to heaven. Now look at what the text says. Now I got to explain. I'm going to read it, then I'm going to just explain this. Her child was caught up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God to be nourished there for 1260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Okay. Okay. So Jesus says, a great, I have all authorities given to me in heaven and earth, blah, 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 blah. He says that. He says, this time tomorrow you will be clothed with the Holy Ghost. After that, he comes upon you and will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and, and, and the most parts of earth. A cloud comes down, he gets on the cloud. He goes up on the cloud. Mm, 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 mm. And, and, and he starts, he surfs the cloud to heaven and the rulers and authorities are snarling at him as he's looking at them. And he's going far above every rule that he sees Satan. He says, your turn finna come, bro. And as he's going up, because Jesus had already prophesied in his ministry that he saw Satan fall like lightning. The question is, when did that happen? He had a prophetic vision, not a vision going to the past, but the reason why he spoke in the past tense, because in his mind it was already done. Okay. So, so Jesus going to heaven, then all of a sudden he gets to heaven and then the cloud drops him off. And then, and then Jesus gets off the cloud. He has on his little outfit and then he turns around like this and the angels clothed him with his robe that he had in Isaiah six. And he flung it up and it filled the entire temple. 
And when he flung it up, he backed up to his throne and he took his seat at the right hand of God the Father and God put a crown on him. The angel Michael and a team of angels show up and bow before him and say, we're glad you're back, my Lord. What is your bidding? He said, I've been waiting for this for a long time. He got to go. Let's see, y'all gonna get that in a second. God says, Michael, I mean, take care of my light work. Now, how do I know that? Because he could have spoke a word and the things in the text would have just happened. But because like many of us, when we see a fight, we go like this. Jesus said, I'd like to see a good fight. Mike, go ahead and take care of my light work. So Michael, whether through verbiage or humans or actual weapons, fight. That's another sermon for another day. Because they fight differently in the spirit realm than we fight in the natural realm. I'll explain how they fight. Uh, wish I had time. Uh, don't have time. Mm, let's, t- let's keep going. Help me today. Let's keep going. <laughs> Woo. But they fight with all three. They fight with both words and physical fighting. And so they began yelling at each other. Because you'll see in Jude 9, write that down for later. All of a sudden they begin fighting. Look what happens. They catch wreck like we used to say back in the day. And it says, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought. And so Satan is trying, he's getting his behind handed to him. So what happens is he's trying to find a place in heaven to go away from the angels. And the text says, but could, he says, he said, but could not prevail. And there was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out of uh, out the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan to uh, the one who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to earth. What happened here? It's very important. Satan used to be able to go before God and talk to him about you. Jesus said, I don't want to hear it no more. And there's a reason in a second why he don't want to hear it no more. Because something, a shift happened when he was born. A shift happened when he died on the cross. A shift happened when he got buried. A shift happened when he got up from the grave. And a shift happened when he went back to heaven. And what happened was is Satan was kicked out of heaven and he dropped the earth like lightning. And guess what? He no longer has access to talk to God about you. Because your charges have been dropped, he's been fired as a prosecution attorney against you in heaven. Now you're looking at me wondering, Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? Keep reading the text. Look at what it says. Now I'm going to jump down to the last part of verse 12. It says, therefore, heavens rejoice you heavens, you who dwell with them. Woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has come down to you with great fury because he knows his time is short. So now he's on the earth angry because he know he has to look at you and can't snitch on you no more. 
Because God has told him no more access to heaven. Because now my son is back. But on earth he's raging against you, but there's a restraint on how evil things can get. Because based on Thessalonians, the Bible says there's one who restrains. Y'all still trekking with me? And so there's a restraining order that Satan has that he can't fully bring havoc on earth until these judgments are fully released. But until then, God has given you two things to use against the one who's trying to accuse you on earth. He may not accuse you in heaven, but he'll try to accuse you in your mind. He'll try to molest you emotionally, and he'll try to use all kinds of things. But the Bible says that when he came down to earth, it says somebody started singing in heaven. How do I know? Because this, these verses next is a hymn. And it says the salvation and the power and the kingdom and the authority of, listen, his Christ have now come. Because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been thrown down. So he can't go before God and say anything about you anymore because God doesn't want to hear you for one big reason. Look at what the verse says. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. In other words, now that you're covered by the blood of Christ, there are no charges to bring before God. And since there are no more charges to bring before God, the court system had to be shut down and Satan had to be removed. But it didn't just say that the blood of Christ that covers you is the only thing. Now you get the word of your testimony as a mechanism for that. In other words, this is legal language. The blood of the testimony is you now having legal rights now on your own to go to God. So while he got thrown down, you got sent up. How do I know? Because the Bible says that we can boldly go. Somebody ain't get it yet. Y'all switch places. Satan used to boldly go before the throne about your sin. But when you go boldly before the throne with your sin, you're now prosecuted. You're covered by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Satan no more and no longer can snitch on you. Now you can boldly go. When you make a mistake and when you sin, as bad as you feel, God says, come boldly. If you sinned this morning, go boldly. If you spent last night, go boldly. If you sinned last week, go boldly. Matter of fact, if you're sinning right now in your mind, Because the Bible says in Hebrews 10 that God has made a way into the heavenly place by the blood of Jesus. So if you're going making your way from the outer court to the inner court, you trip and you fall and you get up. And you keep going and you trip and you fall and you get up. By the time you get in the throne room, because the red carpet is the blood of Jesus, by the time you get before God, you're already covered 
and God knows see the sin that you was bringing before him in the first place because the blood of Jesus has already cleansed you off. I'm done. Um, the movie, one of my favorite rerun movies to watch is Independence Day. And I like Independence Day uh, for a lot of reasons, but I love the insurmountable inability for the world to beat this alien enemy. And Will Smith and I don't know what the dude name was in the fly in Jurassic Park, him. Yeah. They go up into the enemy's camp and put a virus in it so that the shields that he was using to not get hit can be taken down and he can be made vulnerable. And the F-16 fighters were shooting still and wasn't making a dent. But one man decided, once he looked at a picture of his children, when he looked at their picture, he was motivated to give his life to show everybody how they got victory. And so he drove his F-16 up into the belly of the enemy's camp. And when he went in there, an explosion happened that destroyed everything. And then a general control at the Pentagon said, we know how to kill them now. Send a word out across the world so that everybody know how to expel the enemy themselves. And all over the world, everybody else, because of one man's sacrifice, was able to deal with the enemy in their vicinity just because one person decided to give their life in order that we would know how to destroy our enemy. Well, all I got to say to you today is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins so that you would know how to destroy the enemy. And he went into the belly for three days. And on the third day, he got up with all power in his hands. Now we get to spread the word across the earth through fighting and through understand the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but divinely powered for the destruction of fortresses. Now we need to spread the word across the world. That Christ has given us the victory. Amen. Every head bow, every eye closed. We fight from victory, not for victory. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.